0: وَأَكْبَرَ اللَّهُ وَأَكْبَرُ اللَّهُ وَأَكْبَرَ اللَّهُ وَأَكْبَرُ أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ إنك هاي اللهم أشهد أن <محمد> رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله هيا على سلام Hewya ala salaf Hewya ala al-falaf Hewya ala
1: بِسَّمِ الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استنى بسنته ومن اهتدى بهجه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما Subhanallahul A'zim. All praise, all thanks is only due to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for giving us this beautiful opportunity of sitting in the house of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala on the occasion of Jumu'ah. We make du'a to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that He allows us to see many, many more occasions of Jumu'ah. We also make du'a to Allah Taala that He allows us to appreciate this mubarak day of Jumu'ah, and we also ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to allow our last day on this earthly life to be the day of Jumu'ah. Today, I wish to discuss. Something that is common, but the effects of it is not regarded as something serious. So something that is common is becoming more common, but the effects are not regarded as something serious. Whereas it's something that is very very serious in our Sharia, and that is interest. Usually, what we know as riba. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We knew, we know him to be rahmatul alameen, as a mercy to all mankind. So much of love, so much of shafqat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had, that even on the occasion of qurbani which we are coming close to, Rasulullah sallallahu wa gave advices on how that animal also should be slaughtered, how the knife should be sharpened, etc. Even for animals, Nabi alayhi wa was a Muslim. In, in one hadith it comes, Rasulullah sallallahu wa mentions that as far as planting date trees are concerned, how much space must be left between the date trees so that they can get sufficient water from the ground, they can get sufficient sunlight. It mustn't be such that each date palm is trying to steal or trying to get sunlight from the other because the other is blocking or not getting sufficient water. So this was the mercy that Rasulullah sallallahu wa displayed. On one occasion, there was one person, Nabi alayhi sallallahu mentions this incident, that there was a person from the previous ummah, from the Bani Israel, That he was extremely thirsty, extremely thirsty. And he found a well, he climbed inside that well, he fulfilled his thirst and then he came out. When he came out, he saw a dog that was lapping around that well, that mud, whatever was there, he was trying to get some water. So the thought came to this person's mind that how I fulfilled my thirst, I was able to go in, this dog is unable to go in. Let me help and serve this dog. So this person climbs back into the well and he uses his leather socks and he fills water in. Now he's got uh, that leather sock that he filled water in and he needs to climb back out. He got the sock in one hand and he needs to climb out. What does he do? In the hadith it comes, he takes that sock, he puts it in his mouth, he holds that sock with his teeth. And then he used his two hands to pull himself out of the well. Now he comes and he gives that dog, dog water to drink. And then Rasulullah sallallahu wa says that Allah ta'ala made this person's forgiveness because of the act of kindness shown to that animal. So, so kind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isābā was surprised that for an animal also Allah ta'ala is prepared to forgive. Rasulullah and Allah ta'ala is prepared to reward. The Nabi, Nabi alayhi wa sallam said, for every living creature there is reward. Every single living creature that you show kindness is reward. Anyway, this kind, Rahmatulil Alameen, he cursed. So that shows when when you understand Nabi alayhi salatu maqam and his kindness and his gentleness and his love, if he has to curse someone, it shows how serious it is. So in the hadith, it comes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. sallam, La'ana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam akil al-riba wa mukilahu wa shahidehi wa qalahum sawa. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam cursed the consumer of interest. The provider of interest, those two people that are witnessing that transaction taking place, of that interest taking place, Nabi Alayhi alaihi Wasallam said, qala hum sawa. All of them are equal. Why did Nabi sallallahu Wasallam say this? Because the thought may come to our mind, okay, we can understand a man that is consuming interest, he's investing and he's taking interest from those things that are not permissible to take interest, or he's charging interest to the outstanding debtors, etc. But the person that is paying him says that thought may come that he is not consuming, so it's okay. Or well, the two people that are witnessing a party to the transaction, they are they are sinless. The thought may come to the mind: Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying, "Hum sawa, all are equal, all are party to something that is very very sinful." In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi said, "Ar riba That interest has seventy categories. Interest, what it means? In one sense, what interest means is to take undue benefit from a position or a place where you're not supposed to be taking benefit. For example, a man is owing you money. You're not supposed to take undue benefit. That amount, that capital that he's owing you, that's what you're supposed to be taking. There's no undue benefit. So here, yeah, Rasulullah is saying that there are 70 categories of riba, 70 categories of taking undue benefit, the lowest category. اي اي ينكح الرجل Rasulullah wasallam saying the lowest category of riba is where a man commits zina with his own mother. He's taking undue benefit from his mother. That is the lowest form of riba. Can you imagine the other riba that all is worse than even committing zina with one's mother? So how serious riba is? Another hadith Rasulullah wasallam mentions that dirhamu riban ya'kuluhu ar-rajul wa huwa ya'lamu ashaddu min sityu wa salatina zinyatan qal alayhi salatu that a person taking one silver coin, one silver coin is not a gold coin. It's an inferior currency. person is taking an inferior currency and that too is taking one dirham. Rasulullah sallallahu is saying that taking one dirham of interest knowingly is worse than committing zina 36 times. When a man will commit zina with his mother, he'll become like an outcast cast in society. If a person has to be a committing zina, people will look at him in a different light. But how often do we consider interest as something, something serious and something problematic when it is so serious? In one ayat of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that if the people do not desist from riba, they do not desist from riba, then there's a warning being sounded out. What warning? Not a small warning. That there is war. Take an announcement of war. Not from NATO, not from America, not from Russia. Take an announcement of war from Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you do not desist from consuming interest, you do not desist from getting involved in interest, then take a war, something so serious. As the Sheikh Zakaria Rahmatullah mentions that after scanning and after looking through the ayat of the Quran and the different different ahadith, I only found on two occasions such a serious warning of war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he mentions on this occasion where a person is getting involved in interest and the second occasion is من Waliyan وليا فقد bil بالحرب That person who interferes with the wali of Allah and Allah ta'ala is saying فقد bil بالحرب I've declared war on that person. What chance has anybody got declaring war? Allah ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is on one side and we are on another side. So therefore interest is something that we have to be very careful of. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explaining to us or to show us that how common this interest will become. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, لَيَأْتِيَنَّ عَلَى النَّاسِ زَمَانٌ لَا يَبْقَى أَحَدٌ إِلَّا أَكَلِ الْرِبَاءِ فَإِلَّمْ يَأْكُلْهُ أَصَابَهُ مِنْ غُبَارِهِ That a time will come in this ummah when there won't be even one person that won't be consuming interest. And even if he doesn't consume of the actual interest, He will be consuming or will be affected or afflicted by the smoke of interest. The dust of interest will still get him. So now we can see how common it is. Uh, Something that was far away, something that was far-fetched. It's something so common, it's something that we don't even take for granted. If you just look at 15 years ago, 20 years ago, a person that went to a bank for a loan, in his mind he knew that I'm doing something wrong. I shouldn't be having a bond. I shouldn't be taking a loan. He'll make toba and the Ulama would speak out against it. They don't get involved in interest. This is something that we're not supposed to be getting involved in. Today a person happily goes and so many banks, it just has sprouted up in the last 10 to 15 years. Sharia divisions have just sprouted up. Just sprouted up, and what we would consider to be before as something impermissible, suddenly a man doesn't even frown upon it, but yet there are so significant warnings from Allah Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just to give you an idea, sometimes in our innocence, Allah Ta'ala forgive us, we don't understand, therefore Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I'll discuss two hadiths, inshallah, if I get the chance. One of them is this hadith, famous one, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاةِ That actions are judged by the intention if i buy a house for example or i buy a vehicle for example what is my intention of going to the bank am i going there for finance am i going there to borrow money is that my intention rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the second part of this hadith he said faman kanat hijratuhu إِلَى اللَّهِ wa rasulihi fa hijratuhu ila that person who makes hijrat for allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is his niyat, and that will be his hijrat faman كَانَتْ hijratuhu ila dunya yusibha aw imra'atin a person who is making hijrat for dunya, that is his hijrat, that was the niyat in his heart for going and making that hijrat. His hijrat it was for the dunya or to marry a woman, so that is his niyat, and that is what he'll get rewarded for. So if I go to the bank to go and borrow money to finance my car, to finance my house, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm borrowing money from there. So what am I doing now is I'm repaying more. So it doesn't matter how it is packaged, what the new packages are suddenly coming up, uh, and then it will come in different names, a man doesn't feel hard, he doesn't feel bad in his heart, that the same riba institutes, the marcas of riba, the headquarters of riba, in other words the banks, exactly what the Jews have been doing all the years, suddenly we have just popped up, popped up, sharia divisions, and those things that we considered haram, are suddenly being considered halal. Just this morning in, a, in our offices, that a banker was there, and he's telling me, you know, and now exactly what you're saying is 100% true, we know it, we are just making a plan we are just making a scheme but what we are doing is 100 percent financing that's all we're doing the person is borrowing from us and he's repaying it sometimes we are scheming it and we're calling it musharaka we're calling it a partnership the man didn't come to us to become a partner with us he came to borrow money that's all we did but we're calling it a partnership sometimes we're calling it the ijara. we're calling it a lease And now he's leaving from there, signing a lease document. In other words, he came for vehicle finance, but he's signing a lease document and he's walking out. Or sometimes we'll call it murabaha, we'll call it a cost plus contract. Sometimes we'll call it salam, and sometimes we'll call it istisna. But at the end of the day, we know and the client knows that he only came there to finance, had respected elders and brothers. This is about that Islam is so hard against interest. How can we even consider this? It's not that... Uh, not that suddenly uh, we have to run down no we all need to use the banks yes we use the banks but when something is wrong we have to consider is it's wrong so from one angle this taking of borrowing for money and repaying it and sometimes it may look if somebody you speak to that knows it may look very very rosy it may look very good i'll just give you one quick example of how anything today can be made sharia compliant anything i'll give you one example i want to lend hundred thousand You come to borrow 100,000 rent from me, but I want 10% interest. I want to receive 110,000. How am I going to get it? You know and I know that interest is haram. So I tell you, here's 100,000 I'm lending you. But this glass that I got, I own, I'm selling this glass for 10,000 to you. Can anybody object to me selling a glass to you for 10,000? Nobody can object. How much are you going to repay me? You're going to repay me 10,000 for the glass at the end of the day, and you're going to repay me 100,000. What did I get? I got exactly what I wanted. I got the 10% return, and I also got my capital back. That's exactly what's happening now. It's just to make things compliant, there are so many things that are happening. So we have to be very careful. Sharia is very, very clear about it. And the thing is moving, and it's going to get wider, and it's going to get broader. I'll give you one example. In the UAE at the moment, there's something known as a Sharia Compliant Lottery. Now, we all know that lotto is haram. A Muslim won't go, and he won't participate. But now a scheme, a scheme what we normally know, or in Arabic they call a Heelah, a scheme, a loophole is founded. But let us see, even the non-Muslims know that schemes can be used to make things haram, halal nowadays. And people are just going to fall for it. Get a nice prospectus with a beautiful picture of a masjid on it with Arabic writing. And a man is ready to take something that was haram, halal. So how did they make the lottery halal? Very simple. What we'll do is we'll call it a purchase and sale contract. Now you won't take the money and put it directly in a lottery, you'll buy a lotto card. a iconic card, a collector's item card, will change the picture on the card every quarter. And now you got this card that entitles you to a raffle, and that raffle is the lottery. And we can show you that it is something that is acceptable. How? Because if you go to the supermarket and you buy groceries, and your receipt is put into a raffle, nobody will say you can't win the prize. So yeah, you're only buying a lotto card. So this is a scheme devised by them to say now, we made a lottery halal it becomes a big thing millions and billions of dollars dirhams are put into it and people are thinking now the lottery has become halal like that we can even make zina halal if we use schemes I'm just showing you that schemes don't make something haram halal it can never become halal if something is haram for example a person goes overseas and he wants to spend a night or spend a few nights with the most exotic woman on that side now he knows that it's zina I can't spend it that night I want to go to this prostitute agency I can't go there it's haram But all they need to do is make one sharia division, one sharia window there. That you come here, we'll make nikah with you to this woman of your choice. You spend the night, your meher will be that amount that you're supposed to pay. Pay it, portion will go to her, portion will come to us for admin charges. Spend the night, enjoy yourselves while you're here. After that, when you're about to leave, give talaq and you go away. Who can object to saying that that nikah is? And we can, ayat of Quran and hadith can show you that an nikah min sunnati, and how, how beautiful it is to make nikah. So, so many things can happen to make haram halal. A Muslim just has to ask his heart. What am I doing? Is this right? And these tricks of changing things that we know to be haram to make them halal is not something new. It's not something unfounded. Allah Ta'ala mentions one incident in the Quran that Was'alhum anil qariyatil lati al In the time of the Bani Israel, there was a fish community that was staying on the coast their income was fishing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made it such that they were not allowed to fish. They were not allowed to do work on a Saturday, Sabbath, uh, the Jews would have it. You cannot do work, cannot light a fire also on that day. So this fishing community, the intelligent, so to speak, intelligent amongst them, they took one view that what we can do, and Allah ta'ala had done this specifically to test them, that on a Saturday, so much of fish would come, that huge shoals of fish would come, and they would get stuck in between the rocks and the fish were such that you could just scoop them up. And other days of the week, it was very difficult to get fish. So now what happens, it is very tempting that we have to just fish on a Saturday. But this is something Allah doesn't want us to do. Now the natural thing is don't fish. But some wise people from amongst them said, this is a need and we need to do it. Let us make a plan. So what plan they made is they would put the nets in on Friday, they would pull the nets out on Sunday, and they would tell themselves that we they made a scheme, something that Allah Ta'ala didn't want. Remember, you get two things. One is the text and one is the spirit. We must always do to see what is the spirit. What is desired by us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does my Allah Ta'ala want? Allah Ta'ala, if He wants, for example, that if I lend 100 rand, I must only take 100 rand back. I should never try to make a scheme to get 110 rand back. Or like that, if I borrow money, I shouldn't be paying more. Because this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. And there's a lot of beauty in this. There's a lot of wisdom in it. If this time, inshallah, we can touch on it. But there's a lot of wisdom. So anyway, this fishing community, that's what they did. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned this. Why for our understanding? Because in the ummah that we live in, you will get this. So there were three opinions at that time. One was the opinion of these schemers that we're doing this, this is okay. There was another opinion of those that said, don't play tricks. Don't do tricks with Allah ta'ala, be straight. If we're not supposed to fish on Saturday, we don't fish. Full stop. That's where it ends. This is from a command from Allah. That's where we have to stop. So there was a second opinion, a second group of people. Then there was a third group, which Allah Taala mentioned, where right? it قالت أمّت منهم لما تعيذون قوما اللّه مهلكهم أو معلّمهم The third group said to these people that are trying to stop them, why are you wasting your time? They are going to destroy themselves. Don't waste your time even telling these people. But they still went. So like how today we think to ourselves, well, there's difference of opinion. Allah Ta'ala is telling us there were three opinions at that time. Three opinions. So you can't just rest back and say difference of opinion so I can do it. Allah Ta'ala is saying this community had three opinions. And Allah Ta'ala towards the end says, al ladina That those people that stopped them, that had this opinion to stop them, we saved them. Allah is praising those people that you stopped them. That you had that opinion that it was wrong and you stopped them, we saved them. Those that took the opinion that it's okay to do this scheme and to do this loophole to make something permissible that was impermissible, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that He sees them with a painful punishment. And when they continued with that, what they were not supposed to do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Become apes despised. In other words, become monkeys but despised. One is a monkey in a zoo that you go and you look at it and see how nice this monkey is and look all the tricks between. And one is a monkey that is irritable, that's always coming in the house, coming in the yard, it's irritating a person. Become that type of an ape, become that type of an animal. And Ulama explained why did Allah Tala tell them to become these monkeys or these apes. Because they did monkey tricks with Allah Tala, so Allah Tala made them into monkeys. So this is something which is very, very serious. So, what can we do in this last three or four minutes? What can we do now to save the situation? The one is we understand that a person may need loans, a person may need to borrow. And this is something that we do need. So, what can we do? What solutions do we have? Obviously, we cannot just sit back and say a person needs a loan, the end of the story is go to the bank. First thing we need to bring in our life is qanaat. Kanaat is bring contentment in our life. If Allah Ta'ala has given me, for example, a car and a car is moving well, I don't need to upgrade it. This concept that if I got a C-class, I must have an E-class. If I got an E-class, I must get an S-class. If I got an S-class, I must get a Ferrari. No, it doesn't work like that. Or if I got a house, I need to get a second house, third house, I need to... No, the Muslim is content with what Allah, Allah has given him. Yes, if he's got the cash, by all means, he may buy it. But if he doesn't have... Don't take the bank to be an option to fulfill our desire to grow when it's not an absolute necessity. Person should never be going to the bank also because of interest. Okay, so how can we help the cause? I'll just give maybe two solutions, inshallah. The first solution is we all can do. is part of our charity portfolio. Allah Ta'ala has made it such that many of us, Allah Ta'ala has given us wealth and we are giving charity. So part of our charity portfolio, allocate an amount for soft loans. This is the system. This is the kindness a Muslim should eat and extort more money from them. He lends... And he doesn't take more. In Bukhari Sharif, there's one riwayat that one person passed away from the Bani Israel. And the malaika met him, met his soul. And they asked him, did you do any good action? So he said, I didn't do any good action in my life. But one thing is that I had a clerk. I had one person working for me. And he would scan through my debt see those people that are owing me money. Those that were battling, he would write the debt off for me. And those that could pay but needed more time, he would give them more time. That's all I did. Hadith, it comes, he was forgiven because of that one action. That he was kind, he didn't take more. Those that were difficult to pay, he made it easy for them. Those that couldn't pay, he wiped off their debt. So this is one thing we can do. is make it easy for those people that are owing us money. The other thing that we all can do very, very easily. So one is in our charity portfolios, allocate an amount for soft loans that we lend somebody that we know genuinely is need. And when that person now borrows that money that you have lent him, he's already a zakatable case. So that person now can be assisted with zakat also. So that person can be assisted with zakat, that loan can be repaid. The next person can be lent, the third person, the fourth person. If every one of us starts that in our own circles, in our own family, how many people we can lend without them having even to think of going to the bank? The other thing is many of us own properties, many of us got buildings. If each one of us decide that let me go through the amount of tenants that are owing me money and let me make it such whether they're owing or not. I know times are difficult. Things are bad. Let me reduce the rental of each of my... Say I got 10 tenants. Each tenant I reduce his rental by 2,000. What will it do to me? I'll get 20,000 less for that month. But I got 20,000 less without spending one cent. I've given 20,000 in charity for that month and that amount also hasn't been taxed because if that amount was deposited into my account I would have paid 28% company tax I would have needed to pay dividend tax and then only I would have given it in charity Yeah, I've given 20,000 in charity 240,000 for the year put out one cent of tax, without one cent of cash outflow and have given charity. All we did was we reduced the rentals that are owing to us. These are intelligent ways to help people that I need. When we make rental more affordable, when people are able to afford the rental, a man won't think about going to the bank. We made things easy for them. My time has expired. May Allah Taala give us all the talking. Okay. If we keep akhirat in front of us, we keep kabar in front of us, one day we have to die, one day we have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Interest is something so serious. A man's mind won't even go there. He won't even think of investing. In it. In fact, that won't be part of his investment choice that I must put my money in a bank to get so much of return. That won't even be a thought irrespective of whether it's Sharia compliant or not. That won't even go through his mind because he knows that a bank is not a place where I supposed to be taking returns from One uh, Ali so nicely mentioned. He said that if South African breweries, South African winery or South African piggery has to open up a Sharia compliant division, would we take our million rand and invest it in South African piggeries, South African breweries, we won't because we know that is haram. So how can a mercus of riba open up suddenly a Sharia division and we all want to put our money there thinking that we can take from there. We won't take from a winery. We won't take from a piggery ten times, or hundred times, thousand times worse is investing in riba because you got the curse of Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so many warnings have been given and they haven't been given for a piggery also to that extent or even a winery but yet we don't do that but we will do this let us think let us ponder let us reflect and think how should we use and how should we be assistance to the ummah and ultimately how we should be preparing for the day when we have to meet our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala